0: There's a channel on YouTube. There are various channels on YouTube, but there's one in particular which come up with a load of what-if scenarios because that's how expansive Star Wars is. You can have a series of what-ifs. And they came up with a video which was what if the younglings killed Anakin? (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's (laughs) it. I was like... (laughs) And that just made me think of that great line of, Master Skywalker, there's too many of us. What are you going to do? <laughs> I just love the image of that. <laughs> I'm like, what? And them all was... just igniting lightsabers. Frankly, my dear, I it Well, Good Movies! Hello and welcome to Well, Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics we're discussing and the movies worth watching. I'm your host, David Oscar, and today we are celebrating May the 4th. It is the annual day for Star Wars fans to rejoice and watch all the films again, do all the things that they love about Star Wars, so we thought, what better time to celebrate Star Wars than when we're in lockdown. Uh, I'm here with my usual co-host via via the internet Craig where are you this week
0: you, To the viewers you... at home who have no idea where I am <laughs> I'm actually on Coruscant at the Jedi Temple learning
1: <laughs> you've just set up an exact replica of your room on Coruscant
0: yeah uh complete with the usual background of the Tokyo t-shirt <laughs> uh you know I, I as much as the, the Jedi don't believe in having uh physical attachments to things I feel that Having something to remind me of it is probably a good idea, uh, you know, just so I don't necessarily fall to the dark side all that much
1: for your well, some, sake. Some people do see Jedi as a religion as well. I was going to say about uh, years ago when you did uh, like a sort of stand up routine about praying to Coruscant. So it, is it just that you've now fulfilled fulfilled that prophecy? You've followed the Jedi religion and now gone to the place. Well, I'm still
0: work. I'm still working on getting the golden statue of Yoda, just so that I can <laughs> meditate under. But, uh eh, who knows?
1: Basically, you're just going to loot the Jedi temple when you're there.
0: <laughs> that is not the Jedi way.
1: <laughs> we are also joined by a very big Star Wars fan. He also writes for our website, Fresh Take, and is a writer and director, all the way from Ireland. It is Niall Glynn. Hello, Niall. Hello. Thanks for having me. Ah, uh, it's no problem. Like I said, it was. We just need. As many force-sensitive people in in this uh, podcast as we can for this uh, for this great self certainly sensitive. <laughs> so, like I said, you you do a lot of different things. Uh, you're a writer, director, doing lots of things during lockdown. H- how is it over there in Ireland? You said earlier you're stranded. <laughs> how true Yeah, that is. like Craig, who's living the Jedi life. I'm living the Luke Skywalker life.
0: I'm <laughs> self isolating on an island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just doing lots of college projects at the moment. Uh, I'm doing some game streams for an Irish website as well.
1: Okay. And a few reviews. So, yeah, keeping myself busy. And uh, you're usually uh, uh, on Twitter like a lot, making lots of uh, cool shares and stuff like that. I saw earlier uh, you had a, a funny point out of that uh, Twitter page. Was it where you said uh, our favorite uh favorite director is dot 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 uh, she finally said they didn't finish i was then intrigued what would your what would your answer to that be oh my god <laughs> that's that's the hardest thing i've been asked in a long time quarantine <laughs> and no quarantine yeah oh boy oh, so for, for, it, yeah, really de- it really depends
0: on the mood i think
1: Yeah, well, for clarification, it was, yeah, discussing film, put the best director of all time, uh, which you rightly put, why didn't they finish the tweet? Weird, which I thought was very, very good. If you do want to
0: be entertained, I would advise clicking on the link and seeing just some of the answers. Oh, yeah. So bizarre. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm a big, you know, I, I like the Marvel films a lot, but when some people say who's the best director of all time and you see the Russo Bros
1: yeah they directed
0: like five films including (laughs) you me and dupree are they the greatest of all time guys
1: please (laughs) very true and when it comes to star wars what what was your your history of star wars what makes you such a big fan would you say
0: okay yeah i think back in the day i saw the original trilogy on tv this was around the time i think the special editions were coming out And I did like I was pretty young. I had no idea what was going on, but I love robots. I always have. So whenever they're on screen, I was incredibly entertained, and that made that that made me a fan. And then when the prequels were coming out, bizarrely, I wasn't interested at all until Revenge of the Sith, because my tiny baby brain didn't understand what a prequel was. (laughs) I was like, "How does this make sense? How is Anakin Skywalker back, and why is he a baby?"
1: I was going to say yeah. there's not enough robots, but if anything, the prequels have got
0: more robots in them. <laughs> well, what's funny is my parents actually rented Attack of the Clones when we were on holiday once. <laughs> and I, as, as a child, I couldn't watch it. I just didn't have the attention span. I still don't. Yeah. But the, then the scene with the robot factory came on, and I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> this has become a five-star movie. <laughs> and they're embarrassing to say now. And yeah, I was a huge fan up until 2008, okay. and I fell out with it. I think I just had, I was around 13. That's the kind of age we realized the prequels were kind of nonsense.
1: And the exact and, year that a certain movie we'll be talking about later came out. Oh uh, yeah. And around that time I saw that announced, and I was like, oh, this isn't for me
0: anymore. And then years later I got back into it. I think when the excitement for Force Awakens was starting up, and I, I still am. Just been bumps in the road. Constantly but
1: yeah it's interesting because uh, I follow quite a few different Star Wars channels on YouTube, and so they interact with a lot of fans as well, and whereas obviously they do it as a living, and they probably would have had that um connection ever since but but then even with them, I suppose they do have a lot of gaps um and they they talk about that with their fans and stuff, so it is a common thing for people to, like you said, have watched the prequels, out of it, the Force awakens, brings them back. Um so yeah, it, it it yeah, it definitely makes sense and you get a lot of reoccurring themes and that's why I think at the moment a lot of people who grew up with the Clone Wars, who grew up with the prequels, are quite apologetic or, you know, talk about why they like those films. So that seems to have then quieted down and then you go all these people who then maybe don't like the sequels, which is, can be quite loud, but like I said, you'll have the people who are growing up with them now, which will become more vocal in the future. So all about generations with star wars and <laughs> that's what's interesting about it in the films and and the fan base so our main topic today is star wars spin-offs we want to talk about everything outside of the movies all the weird and wonderful little bits of media that you get from star wars because it it also influences a lot of people's childhood some people can even have played the Lego Star Wars games and have that as their introduction to play, you know, to watch in Star Wars. Um, or the Clone Wars TV show can be in their introduction. Toys can be people's introduction. There's there's lots of elements that can surround this fandom. And I think more than any fandom, more than any other. So even things like Marvel, they have TV shows, cartoons, but Star Wars really has embedded itself in culture and and has worked on lots of different mediums so today we wanted to talk about why they work so well in different mediums especially for myself i'm quite interested about why star wars works so well as comedy sometimes but but also how it works as video games and different types of video games uh, along with tv shows as we previously mentioned that they they've been doing recently uh craig, you know craig what what's you know, have you had experiences with all these different sort of mediums, would you say, or is it just more one type than the other? Or?
0: So I haven't really engaged much with, with many of the games, uh, purely just because of the limited amount of devices I've owned in the past. I know extensively about like the storylines of a lot of the games, uh, yeah. just because of watching cutscenes on YouTube, but a lot of my engagement tends to come from anything which is more TV or internet-based.
1: Yeah, and... and and what do you think about that aspect of why Star Wars works in so many mediums? You know, why why initially before you know we go deep into it, why do you think that is?
0: It's such an expansive universe that whenever something wants to basically just take a part of that universe and expand it in ways that people haven't seen before, uh, that's why they get involved, right? So, for example, I think one, of, I think the reason that something like like the old Republic games are so popular is because there's such an expansive history of those games that could be explored. I think people just want to like dive in and just do, just do that. Right. It's not like a lot of other thing, a lot of things where in order to get an expanded universe, you have to force the absolute crap out of it. Like it's a massive universe anyway. So it's easy Mm. enough in which you're able to just do whatever you want. And that, but it also, because there's such a corny element to like the original star Wars, I think that's why it's also easy to just take some of those elements and just take them to, Absolute comedic extremes.
1: Yeah, and there's also the aspect of, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So they've already set the precedent to be this is not restricted by any real world possibilities or timelines. And, you know, we didn't even mention as well that, you know, books, comics, the good thing about the Star Wars universe is there's not tied to any source material. There's George Lucas, obviously, which originally came up with the idea and what he had in mind, but it's always been different writers and contributors add into the expanded universe, etc. Now, you know, that's been made in, you know, expanded universe and they have their, their set mythology that they instruct different writers and directors to handle. Um, so whereas Marvel, for example, will have the comic books and people will be like, well, did that happen in comic books? Like, no, this TV show or movie is new. People will be like, oh, well, I'm not interested. I'm only interested if it's an adaptation of my favorite story. Whereas Star Wars is not tied down like that either. Uh, now, what, what, what's your thoughts on on Star Wars's appeal as a as a big franchise working in different mediums? Yeah,
0: I agree with um, everything Craig said, but as well as that, I think an advantage it's always had is for a film that start, a film series that started in the seventies. It bases itself off so many like classic film genres like westerns and the samurai films that when they want to expand it, which they did a lot in the Clone Wars show which i really admired like they managed to do a zombie episode using alien brain slugs yeah you know you can and a godzilla arc with a giant monster anytime it can pay homage to a particular genre they can fit it in quite naturally yeah. as they set it up as a sci-fi world but kind of with magic mm. they don't call it that but it's just kind of magic yeah there's a funny writer um the guy who does the zero punctuation reviews the video game reviews once said um if you went for a Star Wars film and replaced the Force with the plot, <laughs> it really like exposes a lot of, you could say, weaknesses or the actual appeal of the series, depending on how you look at it.
1: Yeah, I think when they introduced more heavily influent, you know, heavily clear magic with uh, the witches in Clone Wars, obviously they were still saying that it was an aspect of the Force, but they did... Want to introduce this element of well, there is magic in Star Wars and a different side of the Force. But it was the first time the fans and viewers were were used to terminology like take this enchanted axe. And I remember watching it like I've never heard the word enchanted used in Star Wars. This is very strange to get my head around. And a little bit of voodoo, <laughs> yeah. Which uh, I, I still have mixed feelings on, but it was fun. Well, Count Dooku went through a rough time
2: <laughs> in those uh, <laughs> those few
1: episodes. Yeah, when I was recently rewatching it, I was like, "Oh, yeah, they used that poison dart on him and sort of blind him for for a few hours." And then when I was looking at the other episodes, I was like, "Oh, and there's the whole burning him above that cauldron thing." I was like, "He really does get it quite rough." <laughs> so, yeah, not was... even the
0: worst thing that happens to him in the films.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it's very understandable why he wants revenge in the way he does as well. Uh, so, like I said, talking about the Clone Wars, the the thing that kick that all off i think we all probably have again different experiences with this film like i said uh niall for yourself you sort of stepping away from the series at that point whereas i think for myself i was in sort of full looking into the mythology of star wars mode like episode three had opened up a lot more doors of you know learning more about the jedi and order 66 and seeing how that played out in, in elements and and that then lended itself to games like force unleashed so the idea with this Clone Wars series was quite interesting. And, yeah, the movie came out in cinemas, which was bizarre. And, and yeah, it was, was very, very strange at the time. Craig, what, what was you saw it sort of later as well, didn't you? So I saw it in the cinema.
0: Yeah, there was no way I was going to go and see it in the cinema. <laughs> like, and I, I stand by that decision because it is, it just feels incredibly cheap as a film, I'm not <laughs> going to lie seeing where like the the standards of both storytelling and animation uh for the clone wars is at the moment going back and seeing that film jesus christ what the
1: hell was going on it's an interesting point to start from because like we discussed before it it might have been a lot of people's first introduction to the series uh but also triggered stepping away from you know episodes one two three four five six and started to to really go down that element of this tell these stories in between films and the mythology but officially from Yeah but it didn't even from tell
0: interesting stories.
1: Well, I don't feel Well, the movie or... the movie yeah. Obviously uh,
0: well, I'm not talking about the TV show.
1: No. We'll get on to that but it's, it was the first time that George Lucas had come out with something that was more, you know, the more than just the movies because he had talked about series for a long time. Um, so it is an interesting place to start off, I think, in that respect and why the movie came about. So which, you know, I'm willing to defend it for in some aspects, but I didn't rewatch this uh, like Niall did last night. What what was your experience, Niall, in, in rewatching it?
2: Oh, boy.
0: Well, see, the, uh, the first time I saw the film was uh, a few months before The Force Awakens came out because I wanted to start watching the Clone Wars show. And I thought, well, that's kind of the first episode in a way. Yeah, And it's kind of important because it introduces so many characters. And the first time I saw it, I didn't mind it too much. But re-watching it last night it's just probably from the benefit of having watched the whole show since, or up to this point anyway. Yeah. My God, it's, it's really shocking. Because <laughs> this is meant to be a, a film that, expands this universe in a way, in a new direction. And the plot is Jabba the Hutt's son has been kidnapped. (laughs) So all the characters from the films are gonna get together. (laughs) There's so little new in it. Like obviously Ahsoka went on to become a really great character. and I know a lot of people didn't like her in this film, but from the the hindsight of the show, you see it as a really good introduction. She's kind of impertinent child and she really grows. And you get to see a bit of Captain Rex, who who's brilliant all the time, I will say. But, there's just yeah, Craig's right. There's so few ideas. But the Cliffside Battle is great. I yeah. mean, that is genuinely really cool. I just they wish it was done in a better episode or
1: movie. Yeah, they, they introduce a lot of elements that would be unique and good about the TV series. But like you said, it was a strange place to start off. I think a lot of it, like I said... The, the main reason i would defend part of it is because i think that it was made as four episodes you know three or four episodes and then put together as a movie obviously at the time they were like oh it's so good we want to put it together as a movie but afterwards it was kind of said by a lot of the cast and crew that this was the only way to get the rest of the series greenlit and for it to have faith from any tv networks because nobody wanted to buy it so I think it's interesting from that aspect that we had to have it in cinemas because otherwise Cartoon Network wouldn't have bought the series because there wouldn't have been any interest from, you know, the children and stuff who went to see that film and the merchandise that would have come out connected to it. So for that, I'm faithful, you know, and glad of it. Um, but yeah, obviously, and then I That's see the- it same way as you. I kind of see it as the first few episodes, but but yeah, as a movie, very strange.
0: For me, it's not enough to... De- it's not enough for defenders quality. It's one of those things where like, I don't care about the bureaucracy of how like TV uh, systems work because obviously those things to a certain extent don't affect me. All I care about is the the products I'm getting. And if they gen and like if TV channels genuinely think it's acceptable to just force that upon us, Mm. as a way of being like, well, you want you wanted to see, you know, series four when Maul is back in the action. This is the only way you're getting it. I'm just like, screw you, TV networks. How <laughs> dare you do that to us?
1: Would you so, see? What- it was a
0: jumbled mess. <laughs> Something really surreal is seeing the Warner Bros. logo at the start of a Star Wars movie.
1: Yeah, I, that, wow, that threw me,
0: yeah. <laughs> and the, uh, I just need to say as well, because I think it's the same guy who did the score for the movie, who later did it for the show. Hmm. But in this movie, there's so much like terrible rock music over some of the action. Yeah, It's just think, deranged. It feels like a Star Wars knockoff.
1: Yeah, so Kevin kind of does the music for the entire series. And because it's a digital sort of score that's easy to do for television, again, you would have thought that they, doing a movie, they would be like, oh, let's, let's get an official orchestra for this now that it's coming out in theaters, not just stick with the, the original TV score, which is kind of just generic stuff.
0: There is an extent to which it could have threatened like the actual audience for Clone Wars, right? That's one of the reasons why I, I really won't defend this film because whenever I, I talk to people who aren't so engrossed in the entire mythology of Star Wars and just the films and I, I mention the TV show, they always mention that bloody film first yeah. I have to go, no, 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 right? Watch the show anyway, because the show is good. And they're just yeah. like, well, no, because I got burned once. Why am I going to invest that time? And I'm just like, why couldn't you have made it easier to get people to love this show?
1: Yeah, I think a lot Idiots. of it. Idiots. What would, what would you, your feelings, do you think, if they were four episodes? Say that the movie didn't happen, and but they were the exact same. It was episode one, two, three of Jabba being kidnapped, or Jabba's son. Uh, how would you feel about Ha- about it, then
0: I would feel slightly better because at least I can separate the battle of Christophsis, uh from the Jabba the Hut stuff, and then just you know in in, fe- in future repeats just skip the Jabba the Hut
1: stuff. That's true. Yeah. What What would you What do you say now? If it, do you think Do you think it still would have had the same problems if it was as the episodes?
0: Well, they still would have been. Probably some very weak episodes, but I feel mm. like if they were designed for TV, they might have been a bit more balanced. Because, you know, yeah. it, it it did feel for me rewatching it the fact they need to, Anakin needs to fight Count Dooku at the end was mm. probably a decision made because it became a film. They said, oh, we need to end on a big lightsaber fight. Yeah. And really, it, it's just weird because it doesn't feel like much time has passed since they last fought, even in the <laughs> yeah. chronology. Yeah. Um, and also, it's just become so apparent, because I, I was saying to you earlier, David, that two major characters only entered a movie in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And then the final act is almost exclusively about Padme and Jabba the Hutt's camp uncle. And they kind of fight. <laughs> oh, Zero.
1: Zero. Such a strange character. And I I said to you as well, Niall, that seeing it in the cinema, there was no glimpse of Zero in any of the advertising. So literally when I came out of the cinema with the person I went to see it with, I just said pretty much what you said. I was like, what was with that weird camp Jabba the Hutt? (laughs) I I do have one
0: more point because I never noticed this before, is that one of the major plot points of this film is Jabba the Hutt seeing a recording of Anakin Skywalker saying he hates huts. (laughs) I was thinking, like, what, what is the cancel culture like in Star Wars? And can be, like, brought up for this? Would he be kicked out of the order? Because it's very racist, what he said. He said it to a hut baby as well.
1: <laughs> well, it's also, yeah, it's got a lot of the elements, the season one where they clearly listen to people and then change for season two, three, etc. where you get the droids start to get toned down more, so they are more annoying in the movie. And in parts of season one, whereas they toned that down later, so yeah, there's elements like that which they then change later on. Uh, but like I said, has still happened, <laughs> still happened earlier. And but yeah, even when you look at it though as a story, it is strange to think that they sat down and went, "We're doing a film. We're doing a series about war and the Clone Wars. How do we introduce the series with a storyline about Jabba the Hutt's son being kidnapped?" I was like, what. Because to me, they talk about the Outer Rim being essential in, in this, you know, we need to get the huts on our side to secure the Outer Rim. Well, even more so now, watching the newer Clone Wars, they're talking about how the, the wars spread out to the Outer Rim and Jedi are sort of sp- spread out and fighting different battles. So that makes me question even more why they decided to have you know, Tatooine be an element of this first first few episodes or film, whatever it was planned to be, I would have thought they would have started from somewhere more more central and not gone with a baby kidnap story.
0: Because apparently every Star Wars story needs to somehow revolve around Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, Designed to be this backwater planet
1: is now the most important planet in the universe. Yeah. And, and like oh, boy. It, it makes me laugh with the rest of Clone Wars, and like you said about the forced duel between Anakin and Dooku, it does always make me laugh that he has this, um, I've been looking forward to this in episode three, and my do- powers have doubled since we last four count, and I'm like, well, like two, three weeks ago, based on probably the timeline of Clone Wars, because you fight a lot during that series, so your your it makes system... sense
0: why his why powers constantly double all the time. Right? <laughs> yeah,
1: he's, <laughs> he's like, I know everything. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like the, like the first time he faces him, my power has increased by 0.16 since last time he <laughs> <we> faced.
1: <laughs> it is a strange starting point. And, but like you said, Craig, if you're introducing it to people, you can also have the element of, oh, I didn't like that film we had that stupid Zero the Like, Well, watch the series and you'll get rewarded for that character for what happens to them in the end.
0: It's like, good good news, not only will something bad happen to this character, but it will also take another character that people don't like and redeem them. (laughs) Yeah, it'll take another ludicrous character and combine them. (laughs) I do want to know, like, in the whatever is going to come up in future Star Wars shows, I want to see what happens to Jabba's son. You know? Does he get into crime? Does he just go off in a different direction? Or does he die?
1: Yeah, a very strange start to the Clone Wars, but... I think we all agreed that the series definitely improves as it goes along. You know, I've been saying on Fresh Take through my reviews, you know, it's better than it's ever been with the current episodes. They are amazing. And I think, again, if you were to sh- to show the two films together, if they put together the, the last few episodes as a movie, you'll see quality wise, because I think it was also an experiment. And it's not like the movie came from Pixar or DreamWorks. It was a new animation company that Lucas was so personally funding and they learned a lot throughout the entire series. So you can see how much they learned about lighting and visual effects and even fight, you know, choreography, you know, in the latest episode, they got Ray Park to do stunts for the Maul Ahsoka fight. And that is one of the most amazing lightsaber fights they've ever done. So I think a lot more people have come on board with, I need to see this series now. Maul is a big draw for that. But also Ahsoka, she's coming into The Mandalorian. So more people might want to watch it because of that. And these last few episodes, I think, will be a big reason for people to to want to catch up with it as well. So uh, we were talking as well about how Star Wars works in different platforms and different media. So we mentioned earlier the video games. Battlefront has always been a big staple as to the Star Wars films, but they've had the original Battlefront games and then EA has sort of uh, adapted them to be more sort of like their Call of Duty films. But that has sort of resurged, especially after they managed to distance themselves from the whole loot pack stuff and they've given lots of updates. and, And that is sort of generating a big fan base of people who love to play those games so, Niall, you, you were talking earlier about uh, the final update that they've released for, for that game.
0: Yeah, just a, a few hours ago, actually, it finally went live. And, yeah, because I'm, like you said, it had such a disastrous launch, the latest Battlefront. It's just this horrible mm-hmm. money, money-grubbing scheme. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's this parent company EA that you have to feel like did all this, because mm-hmm. from following what the developers have done since... They've really like bent over backwards to show a lot of love to this series. Some of the details they put in. Yeah. Uh, you you know, you can play as Ewoks now, <laughs> which makes it a great game in my mind. <laughs> and even today the, for their final update, they've added um, the planet Scarif from Rogue One.
1: Okay. And even with Clone Wars Band. links, they've got the, uh, what are they called? The Super super commando droids is it the the advanced stealth ones and they've got the sword and they can turn Mm. invisible and everything i think that's pretty cool as well
0: yeah this uh, like you almost wish the game was launching like this just to imagine where it could have gone with this level of support yeah so it's a shame but it ended it ended very well i'm looking forward to jumping on it later tonight this isn't an advertisement, by the way, <laughs> <No. What laughs> but it, I, mean, is... I just do recommend
1: it. It's a fun game now. Yeah, definitely. What was the main things they've added in the, the last update?
0: Well, the last update, the main thing it's hinging around is uh, Scarif. That's a okay. new map because the maps seem to be the hardest things to make for them on mm. you know the scale of them, and they look incredible. They've added a few new skins, including uh, robot legs for old Darth Maul.
1: Oh, okay. That's Always nice. good
0: to see. And again, some more love to the animated series. It's, yeah. it's like a photorealistic version of his Rebels look.
1: Oh, okay. Which is That's really good.
0: interesting to see. And yeah, even today, one of the developers was actually bemoaning the fact that they have to end support because he would have he loved to have added Ahsoka characters from that more that neck of the woods.
1: Yeah. I was going to say it'd be interesting because the Mandalorian will be taking an animated character to see how they look in live action. But a good in-between of that would have been, like you said... A video game version of her, which might have realized her in a, in a more realistic way. But yeah, I yeah, think
2: definitely.
1: But yeah, I so. think uh yeah, it's very interesting as well how Battlefront has always worked as, as a war game as well, is the fact that it it's ironic that it, it 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 plays a lot like the so newer Call of Duty games, but you know, back in the day when they had the original Battlefront of Battlefront 2 you know, that those games didn't have as big a fan bases as they do these days. Um, but people love those original games and people could probably happily play those without even being Star Wars fans because they're just fun and there's loads of interesting elements to them. And And even in my mind to this day, I don't think I'll ever forget the sound of the, the Galactic Conquest, you know, uh, a planet has been taken, <laughs> take it back. And you know, and all the... What the shows voices. wrist rockets? What's that? Oh, wrist? yeah was
0: it do watch those wrist rockets the uh the clones are always yelling before exploding oh. yeah <laughs> fighting against the super battle droids
1: yeah that's it yeah i remember it.
0: it's funny what you said there about um you mentioned people playing these things even if they're not into star wars yeah because i two of my best friends in ireland actively don't like star wars films it's funny i'm good friends mm. with them somehow but they you know <laughs> We we come to terms with that, but they love the Star Wars games. Okay, yeah, so I think they, they really love the world. They just don't like any of the stories in
1: it.
2: Mm.
1: Well, yeah, that, because you've had like games in the past as well, like uh, Republic Commandos and Rogue Squadron. So a lot of those games are aiming at those people who like Red Alert and uh, Gears of War. You know those type of games that are very sci-fi war combat based and and a lot of people love those games to those elements i remember uh one of my sort childhood friends they they their favorite part of star wars was the ships and they loved playing battlefront for the space battles whereas you know i was more into like the jedi and and again that's the good thing about star wars and the good thing about video games is that they can literally go well we're going to have this jedi game or we're going to have this war game they can take the different worlds or different elements of star wars and make that a a dream map for somebody to explore um but yeah especially with going forward it'll be interesting because they've said about like comics and books and potentially the movies going into this sort of high republic era but during that time they wouldn't have been sith because they obviously famously say in phantom menace so they've been extinct for a millennia so a lot of people say well where does the conflict come in and People say it's called Star Wars. Where is the war? So <laughs> there always needs to be um, a war. But, but a very good opportunity to make good video games is during during wars. Craig, you know, have you got good memories of like Battlefront Two?
0: Yeah, no, Battlefront Two. I I love I love playing to this day. Unfortunately, I don't have my PlayStation Two anymore. Hashtag Richie, give it back. One of my favorite moments uh, ever playing that game was that it was I was playing the Galactic Conquest mode. Yeah, and I was playing as the republic so facing the army confederacy of independence yeah confederacy and i was bad I, I was playing on um uh, dagobah and i was badly losing i think it got to the point where i was the only soldier left so if i died <laughs> i was going to lose this entire map and there were like 10 droids just coming after uh, coming after my bases so i decided to just camp at one base and then just Made sure to hide next to like the medical droid, so I was constantly healing. Yeah, and every time a droid came, I just sniped the living crap out of the thing, <laughs> and I managed to win the map. And I just remember my reaction of just like, <laughs> "Yes,
1: the love... lone man stands." I love that tactic of when you are just standing next to, him and it's like the blue wave, and you're just like, "Hey, I'm so clever mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that sort of like effect." One of the things I love most about that battlefront too. Was a I loved the campaign, the like war log told. Yeah. Oh yeah, the journal of the Five Hundred First. Yeah, Tamara Morrison did came back to do the voice acting from the films, and it's like a really good story yeah. that I almost wish they could
1: like redo now, almost as its own thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Can yeah that, well, uh, canonically, some of it doesn't make sense, but yeah.
1: But it was nice at that time to see a link between the clones and the stormtroopers because i remember as a kid always being like are they the yeah. same thing and so you know that that helped us sort of bridge that for that time being um but yeah it, it, it that was really impressive
0: because it's funny because that story implied that all the clones just knew about order 66
1: we were just all <laughs> keeping it hush <laughs>
2: yeah
0: it's <laughs>
1: very funny thinking about it now yeah exactly it did appear like that to me in the films but yeah, I think once the fact they established that the clones were friends with them, then that's where they had to go with the the route that they took. There's a funny moment in the in a Revenge of the Sith. Everyone knows it.
0: Yeah. Or uh, Chancellor Palpatine calls Commander Cody to tell him Order sixty
1: six. Yeah. So
0: like, did he have to call everyone individually? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did he he know the names of
1: every, because at that stage I just thought, oh, Commander Cody must be like the leader of the entire army. And then again, when you watch the series, you're like, oh, well, no. So (laughs) did he know the names of every single one of them? So what are your guys' feelings on other Star Wars games? We mentioned earlier about Lego Star Wars. That's a big part of people's experiences. I was really intrigued to learn. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen, you know, Hello Greedo, the YouTuber. He wears a Stormtrooper helmet for all his videos he's been doing like a playthrough of Lego Star Wars, but he never played it. But but he said in one of his videos that some people were introduced to Star Wars via those games. But again, I remember loving it because it came out just as Revenge of the Sith came out. And so in a way, I think you could have even played through the game and had Revenge of the Sith spoiled if you didn't already see see the film. But, But I did, so it didn't. But it was the fact that there was elements from that film in a game so close to when that film came out and just the silly little fun stuff, you know, flying about on Yoda's chair and, <laughs> and having Lego versions of Watto and, and different Lego characters. It, it was And the silly humor of the games, it, it, it's always been very you know, near and dear to people's hearts. And it's also interesting that Lego works so well with Star Wars. They've had Lego Indiana Jones, Lego, you know, what other Lego games they have, Batman. But they never seem to work quite as well as those Lego Star Wars games did. And I think the same for the toys in a way as well. I'm
0: with you on that because that's when I got into it was around the time Revenge of the Sith was coming out. Yeah. And what a a fantastic game for a kid, you know? Mm. There's so many characters. And I think the prequel films lent themselves really well to video game levels.
1: Yeah, definitely. The droid
0: factory level, the pod racing level. It's a great amount of variation.
1: Yeah, because um, I just rem- of like the PlayStation One games for Phantom Menace, like the Phantom Menace game. A lot of people have memories for, and the Jedi Power Battles, which, like you said, Phantom Menace makes for great levels. Like, oh, go explore Naboo, go explore, you know, the the city and that kind of stuff.
0: I just have such vivid details of some of the some of the levels in that game, and just some of the ways they have to like twist the story to just make it work for uh, for two players. Yeah, like some of my favorites are. The one level, they don't start you with a Jedi, so you're having to, like, dodge all of these laser blasts. Yeah. Just basically going, where are the Jedi? I want my <laughs> ability to deflect these bullets. Yeah. But also, I remember the um, uh, the level in Episode 3 where uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda go back to the Jedi Temple, and there were just loads of clone troopers just randomly in Jedi robes. Oh, it's <laughs> funny you say that, because uh, that's actually from a deleted scene from Avengers 7. Yeah, yeah. So, the um, fact they I, just put that in. And also have another way in which Shakti dies.
1: <laughs> yes, it's become like, I think I saw a review of one of the newest, uh, one of the newest episodes. And when Obi-Wan says in that Clone Wars episode, like, Shaak has been sent uh, to help the Chancellor, but uh, they've lost contact. They, the people reviewing it were like, I think that's a nod to the fact that Shakti has so many different deaths in, in Star Wars universe, but the fact obviously obviously um, they didn't allude to what happened in, in that scenario. But but yeah, it's also, like I said, the fact that those Star Wars games then have to show things like death, so they just show the head popping off and, and funny little things like that.
0: Oh no, my favourite is when uh, Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon they just slightly lift his body up from his legs. <laughs> Although my favourite of all time is still from the Clone Wars episode. It's where Kit Fisto and his old Padawan, I can't remember the name of him. Uh, we'll call him Akbar Jr. Um, <laughs> uh, it's where he runs off right before they're about to fly off. He runs off to fight Grievous. There's like scuffle off, off camera. And Grievous just throws uh, a fish skeleton back to Kit Fisto. I was like, what the hell?
1: <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, they have some great humour and that that's what people also love about those games. And also LEGO works for the fact that even in terms of Star Wars canon, then Darth Maul does kind of just find a new pair of legs and <laughs> slides himself back onto them in, in the end. So... Yeah, it works for those for those reasons as well. And they've even have I I am personally watched these, but there's loads of Lego Star Wars cartoons and uh, specials and TV series as well. So you know I'm sure they wouldn't have happened without these you know original games.
0: Well, yes, and something that it only struck me there is Lego Star Wars the prequel one. It launched the entire Lego games franchise. Like, yeah. separately to it being Star Wars. And that's, like... God, I, I dread to think how much money that's made over the years. You know, it's still going.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's probably, like... It's definitely gone into the Platinum collection of PlayStation 2.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty um, sure that's the version I bought.
1: Yeah. it's And it's also the fact that those games show off... Like you said about Craig. You know, I Need a Jedi show how different characters work in those worlds you could have uh boba fett and django fett had little jet packs so you could fly around on those and, and you needed astromechs for certain situations and i i think later in the games especially when they had the com- like the, t- the complete saga so they put the original and the prequel ones together it meant that you could sort of form your team of which ones you would flip between so you could have like you said oh i'll fight you know, Darth Vader as Kit Fisto. And then I'll flip over to R4, which is Obi-Wan's astromech in Revenge of the Sith to open this door instead of R2-D2. It it was things like that, which as a Star Wars fan, you enjoyed. And I think in that complete saga game, they had a make a minifigure option. And I always remember making an Akbar Jedi and then watching Clone Wars and being like, that's my Akbar (laughs) Jedi that I made all those years ago. You must be very proud of what happened to him. <laughs> His lightsaber was added to Grievous' collection, so he, had... he died
0: in such a bad way. <laughs> he just got
1: shot in the stomach. It's also another, but it does bring me on to another, just a, a tangent, but another aspect of Star Wars. We, we'll talk later about the comedy with with uh, TV shows, etc. But it's an element of the Lego Star Wars games. But also memes lend themselves really well to Star Wars. And there's some good Star Wars memes out there, which me and Craig probably share with each other daily on our, on our messenger, just because, again, there's just these elements they add to the films which make people laugh. Like in episode three, originally, you know, I am the Senate and, uh, you know, a lightsaber to my collection. At the time, people who hated the prequels could say, oh, that's so stupid. But Look at it now. You know, they've become great sources of, of humor and, and parody. I think when I just not long said to you, Craig, was that one where it was a baseball mitt on Grievous's uh, yeah. hand, and it was like lightsabers falling down from a situation, and he's there like ready to catch it, like a, you know, with a baseball club.
0: Yeah, that's incredibly new because it's Ahsoka's new lightsabers.
1: Yeah, I was trying to avoid spoilers in case people hadn't seen that, <laughs> but yeah, Jedi well, drop.
0: Ahsoka drops some lightsabers. <laughs> oh yeah, massive spoiler. <laughs> That changes everything I know about the world of Star Wars we're talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip the next two Clone Wars episodes now. It's a point. Yeah. You know Ahsoka drops her lightsabers. Why carry now, on? Pro-
0: probably my favourite meme uh, from uh, episode three, and this is probably saying a lot, is that it's where Mace Windu is deflecting the force, light, uh, deflecting the force lightning and is trying to kill... Uh, Palpatine, Uh, and then it's the scene where Anakin's begging, basically saying you shouldn't do this, Uh, it's not the Jedi way, and Mace Windu just goes look, if you just, let me break this one rule, I will let you break any rule from the Jedi Order you want, sound good? Would you allow me to publicly marry the Senator and allow her to access medical care for the child that we're raising? That's an oddly specific request, but (laughs) yes, we would let you do that, and then just end credits come up.
1: And there's also the amount of great memes you have from the rank of master stuff like that. That's oh yeah. Just great. Where did our conversation come from, Craig, the other day about the Lins Where my, my oh, yeah. hypothetical <clears throat> situation in which the Younglins would turn on Anakin? Yeah. So there's um there's a channel on
0: YouTube. Oh, there are various channels on YouTube, but there's one in particular which. I probably won't name because it's unfair and they may come after us. Uh, They come up with a load of what-if scenarios because that's how expansive Star Wars is. You can have a series of what-ifs. And they came up with a video which was, what if the younglings killed Anakin? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I was like...
1: (laughs) And that just made me think of that great line of, Master Skywalker, there's too many of us. What are you going to (laughs) do? I just love the image of that. (laughs) I'm like, what? And them all just igniting lightsabers. There is a beautiful time
0: right after The Force Awakens came out where they were, you know, pretty much any character who'd appeared appeared in the series beforehand (laughs) was speculated, are they Snoke?
1: Yes. And there was a serious
0: theory behind that little boy.
1: (laughs) Just because he had like the same sort of mouth and ears, it was so stupid. Because he had a face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we talked about elements that. Did become canon, didn't become canon, and that's why I always appreciated the Force Unleashed when that game came out. Did, you know, did you did you play this, Nile? Uh, I think. What do you remember? What year it came out? Because I can't remember if it was in mm. my like
0: blank kind of dark spot of yeah. my Star Wars fandom.
1: But I think that was actually one of the it factors was... that led up to it. I think it was about two thousand and. Well, yeah, Revenge of the Sith was 2005. So I think it was about 2007 or something. Because cause Order 66 is a part of the game and the story because uh, Vader goes to Kashyyyk you know, after it's all happened and everything like that. So.
0: Yeah, because I remember seeing the trailer for it. It was 2008.
1: 2008. 2008. Okay. Oh, so it is around the same time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the
0: trailer for that really put me off okay. when he's pulling a Star Destroyer out of the sky. yeah. That's when I got a bit weary of... Because I realised what a lot of Star Wars fans wanted in the series in that way. It's like, that's really not for me. And just that year, it it transpired that George Lucas was kind of behind two apprentices that Anakin Skywalker had.
1: Yeah. That I
0: never mentioned. And I got a bit
1: just tired of it all. I think my approach to it was the same as with Clone Wars and with the sequels and well, I'm seeing these things that I don't like, but I'll stick with it kind of thing. And it turned out well, you know, for Clone Wars, it turned out well for that game. Because like you, yeah, I thought that it was annoying to me as a Star Wars fan that they were taking the Force and making it this kind of Dragon Ball Z-esque power in which they could do anything with. And some of the stuff you could do in, the, in gameplay, I was like, well, you know, they were talking about, oh, we're taking the Force, so it's very limits. And I was like, oh, this seems a bit dumb and... And like you said, the apprentice stuff is how many apprentices you know, can we really believe that Darth Vader would have had an apprentice, but especially rewatching the, the cut scenes yesterday, because what really won me over one, it was, it is a fun game to play. It's cool to have like the combos in which you can have different lightsaber combos and use the force in with that. Um, I like the fact that he, you know, had the backhanded style of using the lightsaber, which we hadn't really seen in, in the films as much. And, Yeah, they really made the story work for the timeline they placed it in. So I really loved the the fact that they made it so that the Emperor and Vader unknowingly sparked the rebellion. I loved that idea that the villains created the rebellion kind of thing. And when I was re-watching the cutscenes again yesterday, it made me realize how much i loved elements of that which i would have loved to have seen in future star wars films or future star wars content i thought it was really interesting that they have the character ram kota and he's a jedi and they say oh he survived order 66 because he never trusted the clones and had his own militia and i thought what a great concept that would have made a great star wars arc you know clone wars arc um you know you had maris brood which again sticks in line with the she is definitely a villain her name is maris brood (laughs) you know she's she's got black hair and is like pale white and Shakti is still there. Like, Oh, you you can't fall to the dark side. Young one. I'm like, she's clearly going to fall to the dark side. Look at it. Um, but again, she had the sort of baton lightsabers. And so you've had lots of different playing with the world, but in cool ways. And they weren't, they didn't take it too far in, in my mind in the end because they made it work for the story. So they had the character called Starkiller. They had, it be so that he was Vader's apprentice but the only reason he was Vader's apprentice was just to be a part of that whole there's only two rule in which they always will want to overthrow their master and then that turns out to actually just be a ploy by the emperor to weed out you know Vader's apprentice and weed out the rebels so it just was a very clever story and I loved how it set things up for the future for a new hope etc which is probably why I didn't enjoy things like Rebels as much, because I'm like, no, this is the way I preferred that it started. And yeah, I just thought there was some really cool stuff in there. And I didn't play the second one because I heard some, some generic stuff about it. So I, I just didn't want to sort of spend the money on it. But when I watched the cut scenes of that, there's a scene where, uh, I think it's Juno Eclipses is, his girlfriend's name. She- I did want to point out
0: her because that is an amazing name. Yeah. yeah, they need to reintroduce her to canon just to get that name back in. There.
1: Yeah, but also again, like having a, a good character with a good love story. Like you know, their 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 relationship and their story was really good. And uh, at one point, she's passed out, and they're like, "Oh, she's dead." And you know, the character says that she's gone, and then he kisses her, and she comes back to life. I was like, "There you go, Force Healing was <laughs> was there before Rise of Skywalker." When people were talking about, "Oh, the For- that's not how the Force works. I'm like, "Well, it was in Don't that game, shit, David." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I really like that aspect and it's it's unfortunate there's not canon now and there were loads of people in the comments of those cut scenes that were saying, you know, I wish we got this as, uh, you know, the story in the future and uh, Lucasfilm knows that this is a better movie than they come up with, et cetera, et cetera. But, but yeah, I really liked it and I like the touches that they make. I like what Sam Witwer said to Ashley Eckstein when they were making Clone Wars as well. I think when he came on to... Played the brother in the mortis arc he said oh it's really cool we've both played padawans of vader and we both have a backhanded lightsaber style because uh, ahsoka has it too and i was like ah i like that touch as well that's cool but obviously his character is no longer canon but oh well <laughs> i know i know they were
0: considering bringing him back as an inquisitor in rebels at one point oh yeah that yeah like that would have worked um and i i can see them deciding not to do that because they they'd probably want to elaborate on him more. So I, yeah. I could see him come back, especially because Sam Witwer is their favorite child. <laughs> yeah. They just well, need to depower him a lot. Yeah. Because some of the things that Starkiller could do were just ridiculous. And I think, uh, especially when you look at, say, the Dark Side DLC uh, that came for it as well, some of the things that like the Sith stalker version of Starkiller could do were just ridiculous. Well, I think... Like, oh, he can literally destroy the Force because he's able to <laughs> kill Obi-Wan's Force ghost. And it's like, what?
1: Yeah, they would, they would have to tone it down. I think I liked as well, though, the element, because I, I think I remember hearing about him coming in as an Inquisitor. But again, to me, I thought, well, it, it would make sense. But I again, that's why I like that Force Unleashed story, is that I like the idea of, Vader just sending out this lone assassin to take out the last dregs. I never quite got on board or liked the Inquisitors very much. I didn't like the idea of Vader having sort of like an army of people. I know there are only about 10 of them, but still, I, I just always liked the idea when you were growing up of, oh, Vader killed all the Jedi. Where was like, well, if he had this big team of people, he didn't really, he, you know, he...
0: Well, it, it depends how um, how distant you want to get from it. Like, oh, we trained them yeah. so in
1: the, from a certain point of view. Exactly. I, I think it just comes down to the element of then, well, how many people were going around with lightsabers during this time in which, like I said, the Jedi were meant to be extinct and, and that kind of thing as well, which yeah. then I struggle with. And just the fact that apparently they can travel by helicopter lightsaber, which I just think is goofy. Right, okay. I think
0: I think that's an unfair reason to just hate on them. Like, granted, that bit is stupid, but I think the actual concept of the Inquisitors, especially, let's, let's be fair, this is an empire, right? That, like, yeah. the in- inquisitions are things that empires do. Yeah. So I think it actually, for me, I, I, pref- I much prefer, like, the idea of the Inquisitors uh, over just Vader having, like, an apprentice, because you're always going to have that element of just, like, well, he's, he's going to die, and, like, is Vader really going to fight the Emperor? As opposed mm. uh, as opposed to just like okay, the emperor is all is just on board with this little little yeah. band of force sensitive murderers. Yeah, especially when you um especially when you see like how they basically get people to become inquisitors, which you see a little bit of in um
2: mm.
0: in a Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Um, the way in which they convert people is just horrifying, and it's it's a nice little touch. I think it's. I think it won me over t- uh, to the way the inquisitors think because it's basically just torture
1: yeah, I think like i said I-, I do have a sort of back and forth with the characters, and I did enjoy the fact that um Sarah michelle Geller I-, I think she was like the strong one of the strongest ones that they had in the rebel series, but then I just found it weird that then she was just always with that sort of generic bulky one. I was like, well, make them cool proper characters if you're gonna if you're gonna do that but like I said, I haven't played Fallen Order yet, so I know that they're an element in that, you know, what and but you you've seen content from that, Craig. What what how did is it just the one inquisitor that's mainly in that then or?
0: Uh two. So okay. the um I've got to get this right now. So the second sister is is like the the primary antagonist. Yeah. But they also have the ninth sister who's the I don't know what what species uh she is but she's like the big bulky like dinosaur looking one
1: all oh, right okay. yeah because just see just gone. uh the seventh sister is the one that's in rebels i think isn't it yes the
0: seventh yeah, yeah if you had to push me i could actually tell you <laughs> num- numerically yeah because in rebels you see the seventh sister no you see the fifth brother the seventh sister and the eighth brother right okay basically they they're essentially hunting uh the main, the main character uh Cal Kestis who is a, an apprentice who survived order 66 and it's basically him essentially coming back into the uh coming back into the force and just getting used to his abilities again and just rising up to this position of just becoming a jedi essentially after years of hiding um like the story of it is is pretty good um it does a lot to build on a lot of the mythology of, uh, mythology of Star Wars. Um, there were just lots of elements I like. I don't know how much spoilery ter- territory you want me to go in, David, but I mean, the fact that they... Just some of the planets they visit um, and they actually like go over some details that you physically see in Clone Wars, uh, which yeah. is good that they bring that in. They mention, they mention ca- uh, planets that come up in both Force Awakens and Last Jedi which is quite cool.
1: Yeah, I know there's a um, Dathomir, an ex-Dathomir of my sister in it, I think, is there
0: Okay, so I could talk yeah. about Meryn. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I love Meryn. Um, they decided to randomly... Yeah, I mean, they randomly give her an accent, and I, I don't know why that won me over. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of Russian accent, I think, was it? Yeah, it? yeah, slightly Ukrainian, I feel. Because Mother Talzin, like the head... Which from the show, she spoke very Romanian kind yeah. of dialect. <laughs> well, you know, well, it was silly but good. Me. Yeah, yeah.
1: And she basically
0: that... the Dracula sort of.
1: Yeah. And they always had that cool effect with her with the doubled up voice. So I was I always loved that element of her voice that it was so yeah. echoing with the dark voice. I always wondered, did they sort of just double up the same dialogue, or did did the the voice of a woman's recorded twice? kind of... <laughs> Obviously, they would have manipulated it, but
0: yeah, yeah. And she just talks like that. <laughs> yeah. That's why she never does chat shows.
1: It's <laughs> the same woman who voiced Rita. Uh, yeah, it is voice voiced Rita Repulsa in uh, Power Rangers. So, oh really? Yeah. So she's got knack one. for doing uh, fun, fun villains. But yeah, two very different voices.
2: <laughs> oh wow!
1: But yeah, I I almost have played Rita, but I was like, no, she didn't. Like, it's very clear that she didn't. Wasn't there saying the lips because it's notoriously not in sync with... with well, the didn't she play
0: it from like season two onwards or was that someone different again? No, they still obviously-
1: just brought in a generic actress and then just got, got her to voice over a generic wow. actress doing it. Niall, you, you mentioned about the Ewok specials, like I said. and Another strange aspect of Star Wars is their spin-offs. I mentioned earlier about the holiday special, which is infamous, uh, but a lot of people as well have memories of the Ewok TV movies. They've become also notorious for being just bizarre. What What's your experience with them? Well, first I'll just say, um,
0: ever since I saw Return of the Jedi when I was a kid, I've always liked Ewoks. Good. I've never yeah. fallen out with them. I know they've, they were a sticking point for a lot of people when it first came out. Mm. And I think that's a result of maybe taking it a bit too seriously. Yeah. Because the beautiful thing about Star Wars is it's this big grand narrative, good versus evil, but it's also very silly at Hurt. Yeah. And I think the Ewoks like exemplify that quite well, whereas I'd say like maybe Jar Jar went too far.
1: Yeah. I'm not um... hating on Jar Jar, but he is what he is. <laughs> so I've got my Ewok movies. Oh, nice. <laughs> See, I saw that I've... on the shelf as a kid and was kind of freaked out by is it wicked on that, the cover of it? I was like, It is great. wicked looking. Yeah. He's,
0: oh my <laughs> he's God. seen some things. After the Battle of Endor, he got hooked on all sorts. <laughs> Get over the PTSD.
1: Yeah.
0: He Which, So these that explosion two movies. in
1: the sky like,
2: oh my yeah. God.
0: <laughs> so these were made for TV after Return of the Jedi. And it's really unclear when they're meant to be set. Because they're completely they don't really match up with the films at all in tone or content. So the first one is about uh the Ewoks led by Wicket finding two children abandoned on Endor. Yeah. And going on a strange, like really budget loaded a ring style quest to reunite <laughs> these kids with their parents, who've been kidnapped by the Gorax, which is a giant stop-motion monster. And yeah i will say the first one is really boring unfortunately it's got its charms because it's so odd you get to see ewoks riding horses planet of the apes style <laughs> not, not not even not even like fake star wars horses just literal farm animals are in this movie a lot and um yeah they go on a boring adventure and reunite them whatever but it's the second one that's way more interesting because this family, who they spent the entire first movie uh, getting back together, are all murdered except for one in the first ten minutes of the sequel. Oh wow! Because a, a gang of alien marauders invade Endor for no particular reason what? other than to
1: take over Endor. Yeah, <laughs> led On by that one moon, of them. Not the main planet, but the moon is what we're after. <laughs>
0: oh, sorry, yeah, the forest moon of Endor. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of natural resources, which is nice. Yeah, a gang of alien marauders murders most of them, uh, enslave a lot of Ewoks. And so uh, Wicket and the little girl who survived go on a quest to free all the Ewoks from the castle that they've taken over. Not built. The castle's already there on Endor. <laughs> and they encounter uh, Wilfred Brimley from The Thing and many other films. Is a very old cantankerous man living in a hut on Endor <laughs> with, like, with a monkey a weird monkey creature that can run really fast. Okay, yeah. And then they all team up to free the Ewoks. Oh, and there's also a witch who can turn into a crow. <laughs> of course. Which you always need to throw in at the end of a plot description. <laughs> it's really stunning how, how crazy the sequel is compared to the boring first movie. And honestly, it is quite entertaining, the second one. Sounds it does like Willow. More- it's got a lot of that, yeah. There's a certain '80s charm to it.
1: Yeah, and like knights and you know, witches and <laughs> that kind of stuff.
0: But, yeah, there's fairies.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: these little sprites who help, who they actually, um, they've, who are actually in Battlefront too. They're one of the the Ewok squadmates' weapons. Is you can throw like a jar of fairies to <laughs> kill people. <laughs> oh, how oh, <laughs> You know, because obviously we were talking about witches and Star Wars earlier. Yeah, uh, some some of the stuff in the Ewok films are they're harder to reconcile. <laughs> a woman turning into a crow is there's <laughs> it, a little bit of that in the Mortis arc. Yeah, but obviously, I don't think those two things are related. I didn't to really is... say if she's secretly like a being of the Force. That, that <laughs> is a lot to take in. It that's really
1: what... is. I thought when you said theories, I was like, if it comes from the the place of magic in Star Wars, which is Dathomir, that would be hilarious. (laughs) Dathomirian pixies.
0: (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's just all little things like that. Because you're not sure if at this point the Ewoks are meant to have beaten the Empire or this is years before. Mm. Because by Jedi anyway, if the Ewoks see humans, they want to eat humans. Which makes me really worry yeah. what happened to the little girl in case that is what happened.
1: Yeah. And even R2, w- apparently. <laughs> They're yeah, like, yeah, but- we'll cook him up too.
0: <laughs> who knows? And Wicket learns a bit of English, which is really
1: distressing, to be honest.
2: Is oh, he actually paid
1: by, I was thinking this earlier, is he actually played by Warwick oh, Davis? Oh, Warwick Davis, yeah. Oh, okay. I think he's the only cast member who
0: links these. So he has officially
1: appeared in every form of Star Wars media then? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to alienate the two of you too much. Cause I don't have you seen any of this?
1: I think Craig's the same uh, as me. I've seen a review of it. So elements of a ringing a bell where somebody was ripping into it from the review. I think Craig, you you're the same, maybe or no,
0: no. I nope. have no knowledge of this whatsoever. Oh, okay. I
1: don't know who what, what which review I saw. Then I thought it was somebody that we both watched, but yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Craig is completely like, what are you talking so about? So at
0: least one of you can confirm I'm not making all this up. <laughs> no. That's the important thing. Yeah,
1: no, I remember this person talking about that scene in which the, the actor from The Thing is there and they were just like, what is this? What what am I watching? <laughs> He's just there like this hillbilly in a, in a cabin kind of just sat there.
0: There's Yeah, it's a... Because this is, aside from the holiday special, it's the first time... Uh, well, Lucasfilm took television seriously, really, as a as a storytelling format. Yeah. Because I know they, they did Ewok and droid cartoons around the same time. So it's fascinating to see where it's come. Yeah. Sorry, Niall. Did you just say this is the first... After describing that entire plot to us, did you just then say this is where LucasArts started taking TV seriously?
1: <laughs> well... Money-wise. As a potential... They they put
0: money in to make two feature films about Ewoks, you know? (laughs) Okay, that beautiful cop-out argument. Okay, fine. And hey, the family getting murdered is really fun. (laughs) Clone Wars wishes it could get as dark as the battle for Endor. (laughs) true. Not to get confused with battle of Endor. Of Endor. That's but also just the, the
1: other one always confused me, though. Car- was a caravan of courage. Caravan of courage. I was like, what? You know, as, as a child who used to have a caravan in West Wales, I was like, are we talking about the same type of caravan? <laughs> I, th- I think caravan also means like a fellowship oh,
0: okay. or something, you know? I was caravan, confused too. Caravan is also the song played in the finale of Whiplash. To be fair, you need a lot of courage for that. So maybe, yes. Oh, that also plays in the credits of this. Wait, oh. what? <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to throw in one lie. Okay. That that might have been enough to swing me if that were true. I <laughs> so. uh, I would recommend I suppose if if anyone's like into Star Wars to a the degree, they'll watch it as like a even a hate watch.
1: So I don't I don't hate these, I'm fascinated by them. You know, just to see what happened. Kinda of reminds me of um maybe because I saw them on the shelf at the same time, but Going into that level of TV of low budget TV, kinda of like the Narnia BBC series they used to do, because that had some terrible effects and elements to it as well. So it seems like that kind of era of the eighties in which they were just making bad, badly budgeted fantasy on television. But well, had, had I, I, did, fan base.
0: I didn't I didn't want to give the impression though that these had bad effects, oh, to be it? honest. Because they are still Lucasfilm. Yeah, you know, a lot I, of work I, did go into the effects. Oh, okay. They're not movie quality, but for TV at the time, they're actually pretty good.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I suppose uh, that was just a automatic judgment I made on, on the part of it. But... <laughs> the
0: costumes are creepier. I don't know why the costumes are creepier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I must have got it from that creepy yeah. wicked thing <laughs> on the DVD cover. But yeah, it's it's an interesting period of, of Star Wars to look at. But, but like you said, it does open up the aspect of being open about Star Wars, Star Wars having its flaws and strange times, and like I said, you know, you wouldn't necessarily call it bad. You think it's it's really fascinating, and and that's how people will see the holiday special as well, and and even in the Mandalorian, they have a line, you know, I get ready for life day, so you know they they take note of all that has come before, and and definitely the fans find it fascinating when you do get something bad, and you know i I think it's interesting as well, because we we're talking about Star Wars with t v how it does also relate to this aspect of se- seeing the light in dark moments, so obviously the the family dying I'm assuming is not played for laughs in in the film but no but it is actually you know kind of funny like that they went there, but it also reminds me of the robot Chicken sketch, which is the realistic depiction of the Death Star destruction in which literally then rain of fire just comes down on the moon of Endor killing all the Ewoks because that's what would have happened if it was scientifically correct. So, you know, that, that's another element we wanted to bring up was robot chicken. But was there anything else you wanted to add on, on Ewoks, Nile?
0: Anything else I want to add on Ewoks? I honestly
1: could have been talking about
0: Ewoks for the entire podcast. <laughs> I have a strange fascination with them. Um, not really. Other than the fact, it's funny you said, said that about Robot Chicken and the idea of the, the shrapnel landing on Endor.
2: Because
0: yeah. I think at one point, an EU comic tried to make that canon. And because okay. there, there was a strange thing. And even in Force, uh, Force Unleashed, I know there was a mode where you could kill Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. it was just, a part of the Star Wars fandom mentality I've never liked is when they don't like something. It's like, yeah. oh, it's got to get it. You know, I want to violently kill them. <laughs> yeah. And I think a little bit of that has led to why it's it's quite toxic to talk about Star Wars in a lot of places on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, Ewoks, they're silly,
1: little cannibalistic weirdos. But I think they fit into the series quite well. Yeah, because George Lucas's original vision was that it was going to be Wookiees, but they were too expensive. But he wanted this idea of... a uh primitive species being able to take down the empire. So that's what I always took from it. I never kind of saw it as too cutesy cutesy. You know, yeah. there is like they cut to a baby Ewok at some point, but at the same time, they also show Ewoks dying and one of them tragically shaking the other and accepting that their friend has died. So, you know, that, I never, that is,
0: you know, cause people say that Ewoks at a low point, that trilogy, that is also probably the one moment in the entire original trilogy where they treat war, seriously at all
1: (laughs) yeah it's a funny dichotomy and that's what i've always enjoyed about star wars and it's the same with jar jar in a way is that you know as much as people hated him they still take that character and try to make the best of the situation so like the you know darth jar jar theory and you know clone wars brought that up by by having the sort of uh coming back to to darth vader as a vision and having palpatine ring him and apologize and he's like you know i think you mentioned it wasn't it craig it was like oh yeah you said betrayed me sure why did you say clone wars that's not clone wars that's robot chicken david uh, no sorry but yeah it was uh when we were talking about series though you mentioned that that moment in the, right okay the, the darth Jar Jar. I think that's that's what's interesting with Robot Chicken is that again it's this, it it links in with Clone Wars to me in that it's made by fans and fans would only understand certain jokes or maybe even all of the jokes. I don't think you just show somebody who's never seen Star Wars the Robot Chicken specials and they would understand what the hell is going on. And that's what I love about them. I think that they're the best Star Wars humor there is because they play so much on your understanding of that world and just the little nuances like you know the the debris fall into Endor, etc. But but also encompassing all of all of the franchise as well. I just love how, you know, they go there. They have stuff on the prequels, the originals. And and you were saying yourself, Niall, about, you know, you never saw quite enjoyed like family guys so the, the family guy specials weren't as much on your radar so but the robot chicken ones are one you, you sort of saw so you know what what was your main reason for sort of seeing one and not the other or liking one and not the other kind of thing
0: well i think it's always I, I like the way that the robot chicken ones they are like the star wars characters pretty much but heightened to a point to be funny you know, we're yeah. supposed in Family Guy, it's like, oh, Peter Griffin is Han Solo or whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's... I don't really want to hang out with Peter Griffin. Yeah, that's true. And there's no offense to them because I think Family Guy can be funny at times. It's just not my bag. Whereas mm. I, find, I do find Robot Chicken consistently very funny.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, their, their series in general is great. So to combine those two things is is even better. And and, and there's an element of the, like, the Lego Star Wars thing going on as well because you know robot
0: chicken had been going on for years before the star wars stuff but you know obviously merchandise mm. and the action figures have yeah. always been the bread and butter so seeing that animation style mm. works really well it's like a very natural fit from an aesthetic level
1: yeah because when you see the grieve uh, i think it's like the sketch where grievous is like a car wash person you know you're like oh it's the grievous action figure and you know it's you know the darth maul action figure so it's it's fun that you've got the actual toys being used etc and and yeah (laughs) and then it's it's the fact that they can also go from one extreme to the other they can have this very in star wars sort of situation or joke and then they can also have Admiral Ackbar's Serial or My Little Taunton. They can also go to that extreme pop culture, sort of outside of Star Wars space of, you know, just imagine if there was TV and um, TV adverts in Star Wars and and blended in with our world. So it's probably the only time that you really see that as well, which, which is always funny. For me, I just love
0: elements of how they write some of the sketches. I just love the fact that they'll often just fixate... On such like a small line in the context in the context of the films, and just overblow it to an, such a degree.
2: Yeah.
0: Like one of my favorite sketches is still the "I've altered the deal, pray I don't alter it any further," <laughs> and it's just Darth Vader coming back with just ludicrous demands, like "You will now, you will now wear this tutu and call yourself Nancy." <laughs> um, it's just like this deal's getting worse all the time. But just eventually, like uh, Lando, just just loses. Like I'm not. Doing it, man! I'm up doing it. <laughs> Not to mention the fact is also the the utterly brilliant high ground sketch.
1: Yeah, that that's just amazing. It, and like I said, high ground has become obviously a meme and in its own. But again, it takes comedians like Robot Chicken to then take it to a new level <laughs> themselves. <laughs> yeah, take it to the high ground.
0: And it was for Robot Chicken that uh, George Lucas was actually quite involved was it or am i confusing it with family guy
1: he did have that cameo in the sketch with the the nerd character so sees him at That's a star wars right. convention yeah. so yeah he probably did have that sort of involvement and there's I, a great
0: um, behind the scenes joke video i think they did with him and seth green in a writer's room and yeah. seth green brings up mara jade or something from the eu and george right. lo- loses his mind he's like get out <laughs>
1: It's also just though the like Craig said, that they take such small lines, but I also like the, the idea that they also go, well, that was happening, but what happened with this other character? So I just love the idea of like you um similar to the you know, I've altered the deal. But they I think in the extended version of that episode, they then uh show Darth Vader and Boba Fett uh trapping Han Solo, etc., in that, that dinner room. And then you pan to another room in which uh, IG-88 does is like set up this similar banquet. And then Boba just rings him like, oh, sorry, I got there first. And then it's just IG-88 IG just like scrapping the entire thing and just like crying to himself. And I think there's a similar one with this again, dark humor, but something that Star Wars fans would appreciate is the Greedo answer machine one where his, <laughs> his mum just rings Greedo's place. And is like, Greedo, you haven't been around in a long time. I'm, I'm getting concerned. You weren't here for Sunday dinner. And it's like, oh, there's a, a, an ad for a bounty hunter job. I thought you might be interested. <laughs> it just shows his apartment's been abandoned.
0: <laughs> My favourite dark sketch is still Crate Dragon. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Because, <laughs> it, again, it's just a small detail, such as just the skeleton of a creature and he's just, They just decide to overblow it, being like, "I want to go exploring. I know there's more out there than just this oasis." It's like, no, it is a literal desert. You will die. It's like, I
1: don't believe it. (laughs) And touches on that element of Star Wars of like, oh, let's have planets filled filled with this. So then they make the joke of like, there can't be a planet of just ice and just lava, (laughs) but there is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's many like great sketches uh, in Robot Chicken. Me and Gray went through them once and just tried to definitely give our like top uh 10 and uh yeah i think like our favorites like our top three high ground came into the the palpatine phone call which has become famous and uh dr ball which i think i, I mentioned cool. in in our um our star wars saga episode which again taking a small moment and but also combining yeah. it with that element of pop culture stuff the idea that dr ball would then have his own uh md practice tv show yeah uh is there any others the sort of standard to you now in terms of their sketches
0: uh i'll just throw my my favorite one in yeah. it's from um it fills in the blanks on cloud city when they see vader at the table He's
2: oh like,
1: yeah
0: oh join me for dinner or something something sarcastic and it shows the dinner party <laughs> yeah
1: they have yeah. it is just tremendously awkward <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the bit that the IG-88 sort of, like, stems yeah. on from. But, yeah, it's the fact that <laughs> he just, like, sat there with Leia and it's a bit awkward. And Yeah, that was. Yeah, and you've great. got
0: Han Solo and Boba Fett just doing the inventive middle finger gags to each other.
1: Like we said, it, it just goes to show why the humor works. It's such an expansive world. It's so embedded in our pop culture. People know the world, the characters. It's not coming from any source material. And yeah, it works because of that ability to have a humor and to look on the bright side of things and and the light side, but also with the video games to go into the elements that people really love, like dark elements, war, there's loads of different elements. And that's why I think people do say when they talk about like it being a toxic fandom is that people can say, well, it's a very broad fandom and they are that, that group, but there are lots of different types of Star Wars fans and that. Can be seen in the fact that you got prequel lovers, sequel lovers, original uh, trilogy. What would you call them, pu- purists? <laughs> uh, you know that they, they all love their element, and you know these uh, elements can come into as well. People who just love the games or just love the Clone Wars, which we've talked about as well, is that people we know that just solely like those. Like me and Craig mentioned, like a friend we have who loves that robot chicken sketch, but is not really a Star Wars fan, but he loves the. You know coffee death star joke we mentioned and and the Yoda Yoda one, so you know it it has a broad appeal in many different aspects and yeah, so please on on May fourth go check out these more bizarre, strange sides of the Star Wars galaxy that might not all be on Disney plus, like I said earlier now, the Warner Brothers logo does appear before star the Clone Wars movie but i they, i think that is on there actually yeah it is on disney plus so i'm assuming yeah. they've taken that logo away i think it's because they sort of bought it off uh well warner Brothers bros probably just don't want it yeah um but yeah i think it would have been a part of the, the deal they had when they sort of bought the series on car network because deals Brothers. getting worse
0: all the time
1: <laughs> um so yeah, guys at home, please tell us your favorite Star Wars spin-offs, your favorite element of Star Wars, why you think it works so well on such a broad, wide appeal, and why it sometimes works for comedy and video games. All right then, endgame time. So today's end game is
0: simply called In Space, No One Can Hear What You Are. So the idea of this game is that one of the facets of the entire universe that I love are the weird and wonderful sound effects uh, that are often used throughout both the films, the TV shows, and the games. So this is basically a little homage to that. So I've got a couple of clips of various sounds used within mostly the films. uh, And basically, fastest person first, I want you to tell me what that sound is. However, some of the clips, are simply imitations of those sounds. You'll get a bonus point if you can tell me what the sound actually is. Okay. So for example, like where somebody is like trained a parrot to do the sound of like R2-D2.
1: Okay.
0: That sort of thing. Yeah. So if you think the sound I'm playing is that, I want you to tell me.
1: Okay. So tell me what the sound effect is and whether it's from universe or not kind of
0: Yes. So, before that, I'd like to hear your buzzes. So, David, your sound is going to be... And Niall, your sound is gonna be... Okay, are we ready for clip number one? Yes. This is not very long, so... Here we go. That was David.
1: The TIE Fighter? Uh, sorry, no. 8080 uh, Walker Blaster from Star Wars.
0: Do I take his first answer <laughs> first? Is the question. In my
1: mind, I was generally thinking the latter.
0: I'll be nice and accept the answer you wanted to give, which is an eighty eight an eighty eighty blaster. Yeah. David, you are? Hey. <laughs> that was indeed an eighty eighty. And I think you've already uh, Answered that it's yeah. the real one. Yeah. So that's one point to David.
1: Were you going to say the same, now? I was going to say the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: well, no, nah, <laughs> what nah, I was actually going to say was. No, I was actually going to say 8080 immediately and not say <laughs> Fighter. <laughs> okay, sound effect number two.
1: Again, I believe that was David. Uh, So that is Ben turning off the shields or tractor beam of the Death Star.
0: I can only accept one of those. Is it
1: shields or tractor beam? uh, Tractor beam.
2: Tractor beam. One day, David, your,
0: (laughs) your indecisiveness is going to cost you points. But yes, in that situation, that was the... The power down of the tractor beam. Excellent. Now for number three. (laughs) Yet again.
1: That is the droidica blaster from Star Wars. Oh.
0: Yep. It was indeed the Uh I'm gonna be nice. Nile for a bonus point. What are they colloquially known as by the Republic Army? Uh, destroyers. They're also known as destroyers, so I'm giving Nile a point for that. Um, Cause I wanna make sure that David doesn't just sweep this.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, it was, it's close every time he buzz, it's be very close. <laughs> okay.
0: Clip number four. That one was Nile. That is, I believe, something doing an impression of a Wookiee.
2: I think okay, I know do what the, be, what's doing. Do you want to be impression. more
0: specific than a Wookiee, or of Chewbacca? Yep, that was indeed a Chewbacca. Uh, what do you think it is? Would I be able to hear it again?: Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like like a something closing and rubbing against the floor, like a big door or something. Okay, so you think it's something you think it's like a, a door closing, rubbing against the floor.: Yeah, so that answer is. It's not a door closing, David. Do you have any idea what this is?
1: Is this that video of the can being dragged across the table and it's like Chewbacca on the can because it's like a Star Wars branded can?
0: So you think it's a can?
1: Yeah, on a table. Oh, this oh, was a very think- popular.
0: This was a very popular trade uh, craze called Chewbacca. Uh, that. With a chair being dragged across the floor, so Niall had the right concept, but not the not the right item. I thought it uh, was the, friction.
2: <laughs> yeah, it
0: was exactly friction, but it was a it was a kitchen chair. So one of the chairs you you'd eat like at an island. Um, one of the and that did, but like David said, it had the, the picture of
1: Chewbacca. Yeah, I had there to in my mind a, first, but then the can thing came in my head. So yeah,
0: so that was a con- that was in contention, but the can just doesn't sound as as close to a Wookiee. So, excellent. Number five. David?
1: Um, That is me when I wake up in the (laughs) morning. That is a Jawa in Star Wars, A New Hope.
2: Oh. (laughs) Yeah so
0: i tried to pick the most karate sounding noises it was making as possible but yeah that was indeed a jawa uh if it had gotten to the end of the clip i actually kept in the the famous Bootini! um whatever that is
1: that's what makes me laugh about when he springs up on r2d2 in the film is the fact that he goes ha! Ah! and i'm like why
0: <laughs> okay clip number six <laughs> Was Nile? Is that what Tambor messing with his dial in Attack of the Clones? It was indeed what Tambor. Uh, I hate that I know that. I hate that I know that.
1: <laughs> it's because you uh, went to the cinema and you loved robots as a child. <laughs> so here
0: is the entire clip. The Techno Union Army. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Disposal count. Can I ask if that clip where they used that for humor purposes is in this at all? No. Okay, so I could bring up the person who took that and had him make techno music as a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> like, do really I'm not going
0: to lie, I completely forgot about that, but yeah, that was amazing. That is great. But I can't believe that this guy got in the middle of this meeting that was about to dictate an intergalactic war, started playing with himself. (laughs) Such a jerk.
1: He never does it again, either.
0: Oh, he gets what's coming to him. Okay, time for clip number seven. This is probably my most, my favorite clip. Uh, Actually, no, it's not. It's just what I think is the most therapeutic clip. Oh. I hear David.
1: Is it the? I want the
0: exact name of this, by the way. Oh God.
1: So I'm like, going off. I think what Obi Wan says is it seismic charges.
0: <laughs> the seismic. It was a seismic. I was going to
1: say like sonic blast. Or whatever. When you said that, I was like, oh.
0: Uh, question, Nile, would you have gotten Seismic Charge? Yeah.
1: Uh, it's from his favorite film, Attack of the Clothes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> OK. Uh, time. OK, you you do realize you need to listen to the clip first before you can answer <laughs> I was just moving my hand. <laughs> OK, clip number eight. <laughs> that was Nile. That is the dog that can do the TIE Fighter impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was indeed uh one of my favorite videos which is geraldine loves star wars <laughs> uh so yeah so basically uploaded by andrew saunders is basically being reunited uh with his dog geraldine who starts making the noise of a tie fighter uh here is an extended clip for everyone to enjoy
1: <laughs>
2: Hi, <Geraldine>. oh. <laughs> see all i hear when
1: i hear that is that scene where they go through the meteors and like there's one like spiraling out of control so yeah i heard it and was glad i i waited because yeah i would have just said type right there. yeah as soon as you
0: described this round i knew that would come up
1: oh good (laughs) sitting on geraldine
0: the moment i heard it i fell in love so um, and also unfortunately that was my last clip so at the uh-huh. end of that uh, both competitors are on five points oh. so we have a tie break scenario <laughs> which i actually prepared for today oh so what i have for you is a numerical question what i want you to do is i want both of you to write down your answer and the closest one to it wins the end game
1: okay
0: okay so do either of you have, like, pen and paper ready or, like, just write it on the phone just so I know that you're not just trying to prices write it? Perfect? Yes. Yeah, a... <clears throat> so, here is your question. When you add up the amount of main series games excluding bundle packages, uh, no, actually, no, including bundle pack- packages, and mobile and web browser-based games. How many LEGO Star Wars games have there been? Hmm. So when you add up the amount of main series games that they've released, as well as the amount of uh, mobile and web browser games they've also released, how many Star Wars uh, LEGO Star Wars games have there been?
1: I assume when you say um, bundles, you don't mean like DLC or anything, though.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, so at first I was going to exclude, like, you know, the complete saga, but actually I'm now going to allow the complete saga. Does this count? This is just released ones, is it? Uh, upcoming is also fine. Uh, included in this, I should say. Oh, and I was going to ask, did, does this count, say, uh, if, if it came out on multiple platforms, that's still just one? Oh, yeah, if it's multiple platforms, it's only the one game. Cool. Like I said, it's whoever gets the closest to this will take the game. Mm. Ten, nine, oh.
2: eight,
0: seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Do we reveal them at the same time,
1: or...? Okay, yeah, so... We've written them down, I suppose, so we know them.
0: Yeah, I just don't want to see uh, Furious scribbling on your desk when Nile reveals his. So... On the count of three, both reveal your numbers to me on screen. Three... Two... One... Go. Eight. David has gone eight. Nile has gone twelve. So neither of you have got the exact answer, but the actual answer is 14, which means Niall, in today's game, you are... (laughs) You have won! Congratulations! I won the Star (laughs) War.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Craig said about the... (laughs) You're like, oh, we talk in different platforms. And Craig was like, oh, as close as you get to the actual answer. I was like, I pretty sure Nala's got this based on that asking that question. Yeah. So
0: there were six. So there are six uh, main series games when you include the complete collection, and there are eight mobile and web browser based games.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, there's...
0: I thought it was safer to assume there's a lot of them because I don't know any of the web ones. You know. Yeah, I mean, I only, I only knew because of a look on Wikipedia, so I can't claim to be an expert, but. Oh, but Niall, congratulations. You have destroyed David's reign of beating guests on the end game. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's oh, nice wow. to have a guest the in the chosen game for a while, yeah. Congratulations. Oh,
0: how do you feel? I feel like I brought balance to the podcast. <laughs> it's the prophecy foretold. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. I enjoyed that a lot.
2: It's just like somebody
1: else will come along and also bring balance like and just but just not as well you like you'll, you'll have your voice playing over the top like bring balance as i did <laughs>
0: well it's gonna be david when you're we thought you've been dead for a long time <laughs> yeah. just show up in the chat on the journey
1: <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> just like we'll have two guests and i'm like oh a triad <laughs> this has not been seen in such a long time it powers me <laughs> long forgotten oscar will be found well yeah thank you guys for uh that very fun end game and niall thank you for joining us today in our very different talk about star wars it's nice talk about something other than movie you know main staple movies and big franchises films uh where can we find you what socials and other stuff have you been working on
0: uh, at the moment, I'm still. I'm working on a few reviews. I'm working on uh, a secret podcast that I'm hoping to have up at the end of the month. It's first episode, anyway. Oh, okay. But I want to wait till it's just a bit closer to that to go into any great detail on it. Yeah, we'll share uh, it on you,
1: socials when it is up, anyway.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you can find me at Niall the Glynn on Twitter, and that way you can find uh, any reviews I do for Fresh Take or any reviews or, or streams I'm doing for Game Air. Awesome. And... Um, yeah and if you watch the ewok movies and have a bone to pick with me or not please do
1: talk to me about the ewok movies or if you do come up with an answer for that director question <laughs> but oh, might... whatever that website was if they get the answer hit me up <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: or if they want to talk to you about cats <laughs> you are a jellicle cat now uh that's a whole other
0: discussion. <laughs> oh dear God! When you want to talk about cats for any particular reason,
1: there we go. Well, thank you, Niall. And yeah, everyone at home as well. You can catch us as usual at Well Good Movies on Instagram and Facebook. You can also catch us on Fresh Take Hub and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram as well. And uh yeah, keep an eye out on our website, like Nile said, for uh reviews and articles that we are all working on. He is just then uh, the Bojack look back which was very fun and uh, yeah we'll have lots more up on the website linked in with uh, May the Fourth, which is Mandalorian reviews and Clone Wars reviews as well and uh, yeah we'll have to get some sort of like let's play streaming thing going on you know, where we all play <laughs> play the same game that'll be fun uh, but yeah thanks guys anything else from yourself Craig?
0: Nope just may the force be with you Always.
1: And, uh, yeah, have a good May the 4th, everybody. May the 4th be with you, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See you then.
0: Bye. Good Good night. Bye. Mm -hmm.